the Holy Gospel, we stand in honor of the reading of Jesus' words to us that come to us from John, the sixth chapter. When many of Jesus' disciples heard this teaching, that Jesus is the bread of life, they said, this teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? But Jesus, being aware that his disciples were complaining about it, said to them, Does this offend you, this teaching? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit that gives life. The flesh is useless. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But among you there are those who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the first who were the ones that did not believe and who was the one who would betray him. And Jesus said, For this reason I have told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted by the Father. Because of this, many of his disciples turned back, and they no longer went about with him. So Jesus asked the twelve, Do you also wish to go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. Brothers and sisters, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our friends who live in the country of Switzerland... Smack dab in the middle of Europe, right? They had this conversation as a community, as a country, through their government all the way to their young people about what are the essentials to life. What are the essentials to life? Because God forbid should something happen, we want to make sure we have the essentials, that we're ready for whatever. So I want you to just turn to someone next to you and what's on your list What's an essential thing to life for you right now? Go ahead. What's something essential? Okay, okay. What do you got? Water. Thank you. Air. Yeah. Yeah, friendship. Ooh. Ooh. Well, the Swiss were a little bit more practical. They said coffee. Thirteen and a half tons of coffee they have been hoarding. And according to their calculation, that's three months worth of coffee for their people. Well, what made news was that the government said, no, coffee is not an essential to life. <laughs> and so people were in an uproar. <laughs> now what are we going to do with thirteen and a half tons of coffee? right? That we've been hoarding throughout the country. It's interesting because as soon as I heard that story, I thought to myself, what's underneath that whole thing about asking what are the essentials to life? What do we need to store up for ourselves? It's fear, isn't it? It's fear. 
Something could happen and we won't have enough. And so fear was driving this conversation about what are the essentials of life. Fear is a healthy thing, right? We need fear. It helps us move and be safe and take care of ourselves and protect what's important. And then on the ugliest days of ourselves, fear also pushes us to say things, to act a certain way, to treat other people in ways that we probably wouldn't want to admit. But the fear is there. It's just right under our skin. And to be so honest about that, whether we call that sin or we call that brokenness, whatever that fear is that's motivating us to do things or to say things or to hurt other people, even if we don't want to, but it's there. That fear is right underneath it. And that fear causes us to ask all kinds of questions. And I wonder, what kind of questions did you bring in the door with you today? Questions that you'd really like to hear from God about this one. Questions that I don't know if I can really say this out loud in a church. Is this going to get me in trouble somehow? But, you know, who, what, when, where, why, how, right? How did this happen, God? Why did this happen, God? Where did all this come from? I mean, I feel like I've been doing my best here, trying to talk to you, trying to go to church, trying to be an upstanding citizen. But those questions, they can come from a place of fear and they drive us to do things and say things. It's just not us, right? But if there's one thing that you hear today out of worship, if there's one unshakable promise that I hope that you walk away from today with, it's this, is that God speaks. Yes, our Creator God continues to speak to each and every one of us. And you might be feeling like, is God talking to everybody else but me right now? How do I hear this voice of God? How do I see God at work in my life when I have all of these questions, all these worries, all these wonders and fears that I brought in the door with me? But know this, yes, we believe God is speaking and God speaks to us. I want to give some examples this morning about how I see God doing that today. And I hope one of them might resonate with you as you seek to live out faithfully in this coming week. But first, this promise that God speaks to us. Well, it goes back to the story from Elijah, right? And in this story, Elijah in 1 Kings, he's out in the desert. He's run away from a cave. I don't know if any of you have ever run away from a problem before. Maybe I'm the only one who ever has. But Elijah is running away from a problem. And he's out in the desert and he's hiding in a cave. And so here we hear the voice of God coming to him and saying, Elijah, what are you doing <laughs> out here in the desert? What are you doing out in this cave? Why aren't you helping your people? That's what I've called you to do. And Elijah, he comes back pretty strong to God, right? I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites... Your people, <laughs> right? 
your people. They've rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, put your prophets to death, and I am the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. Why do you think I'm hiding in this cave? (laughs) Or, to put it even more simply, I am, I'm afraid. Look what fear motivated Elijah to do, to run away and hide. Well, God speaks. And how does God respond? Hey, Elijah, step out of the cave for a minute and watch this. In comes the whirlwind. And it said, as Stan read, it breaks rocks. But it says the Lord was not in the whirlwind. And then it goes on, right? There's an earthquake. The Lord is not in the earthquake. Then there was a, a fire. Was the Lord in the fire? No, Scripture is clear. The Lord is not in, in those things, right? But beyond that, We hear the voice. A still, small voice is what the scripture says. So God speaks, and that's the promise I hope you hear, is that whatever storm, whatever earthquake that has shaken your life, whatever fear, whatever fire is burning in your world right now that you brought in the door with you today, guess what? God is still speaking into that, even if you feel like you're all alone. That is the unshakable promise that we've been given. But then how do we listen then or what are we supposed to do about that promise? Well, here's a couple examples. It's interesting that last week, Pastor Jeff had a story from us from the gospel where it's the very end of the story pretty much. Jesus crucified, he's risen from the dead, his disciples are all celebrating, they're having this great party together, right? They're having this great time. And they're worshiping Jesus and they're having this great thing. And then there's a comma. And then there's these words, but some doubted. It's interesting because even today in our gospel lesson from John chapter 6, it says the same thing almost. Jesus is doing this teaching on the bread of life. He says, I am the bread of life. And how did this reading open up? It says... there were some disciples who said, this is a hard teaching. (laughs) This is a hard teaching. I'm out. I can't follow you anymore, Jesus. And so they leave. Sometimes I think in our church, we kind of soft pedal Jesus' teaching, right? It's like grace upon grace upon grace. Absolutely, right? But let's be honest about the hard teaching of Jesus. Love your neighbor. I I don't really want to do that. Let's get worse. Love your enemy. Jesus, this is getting bad. (laughs) Right? Give away your possessions and your money to help the poor and help those who are struggling. I don't want anything to do with that, really, if I'm honest. But that's the call. That's the hard teaching of Jesus. And so I just want to name that if you bring questions, if you bring doubts, if you bring fear, you're in good company with the disciples of Jesus. There is room in this church for you to ask your questions. Why? Because God is big enough for whatever you got on your heart and your chest. And to realize we're always wrestling with hard teaching. Martin Luther was too, and he was so worried and concerned about us 
being human after all, right? Being human after all. That he said this, there's two ways really primarily that we hear from God, that we can actually hear God's voice. The first one is through the scriptures. It's through the word of God. And no wonder it's hard teaching because Jesus, when he's talking about being the bread of life, he says, you actually got to eat me to be part of me. People are like, no, (laughs) I don't really want to eat Jesus. I want to, that sounds disgusting. I don't want to be a part of that. No wonder they left. No wonder people have misunderstood Christians for centuries about what Jesus is trying to say there. Because is Jesus actually saying, eat me? No. He's saying, eat the bread and the wine, right? And hear the words of promise. Hear the words of promise. Every time we read scripture, it does something to us. And notice what Jesus says today. The words that I have spoken to you, they are full of spirit and life. Isn't that what God has for us? Every time we open the scriptures, is that there needs to be a word of life in there for you and for me. There's always good news to be found. But Luther said it's only in the word, it's only in the sacraments because he was so worried that someone was going to say, guess what? Hey, God said something to me and this is what God told me to tell you to do. And Luther knew that we would be human after all and we would use God's voice to control other people, to put other people down, to oppress them. I mean, that never happens anymore today, right? That's why Luther said it's only in these places that we hear God's voice. The word and then the sacrament too. He says when we taste that bread and wine, those are actually visible words, things that we can see, hold in our hands, trust as promises. You are forgiven. This is the body of Christ given for you, given for me. Word, sacrament and the last place i want to suggest that we might hear god talk to us is in a story now i'm going to play a little video here for you it doesn't have any words and this is the question i'm going to ask for you afterwards who do you see as yourself in the story where do you see yourself in this story watch this with me would you So what's your gut telling you? Who are you in that story? Are you the little girl who comes back onto the playground looking a little different and you feel like, is anyone going to welcome me? Is anyone going to accept me if they knew what was really going on behind the scenes in my life? Are you the little kid in the crowd, kind of standing back a little bit, just kind of taking it all in, watching, wondering, 
observing, paying attention? Or are you the little girl who throws their arms wide open and gives a giant hug because you're just so glad to see your friend? Friends, we get to be the kind of church that throws our arms open to simply say to those who need it most, welcome home. And is that not the voice of God for someone who desperately feels like they're on the outside? Whatever fear, whatever worry, whatever is underneath your questions today, know this, that the God who made you and me is speaking to us. And all we do today is receive this good news that Jesus Christ crucified and risen from the dead for the forgiveness of our sins. He has the words of eternal life. And may we find that true hope in the word, in the sacrament, or maybe in a story. Because Jesus has the words of eternal life. Would you pray with me please? Loving God, we hope that you are speaking to us. We don't always know. But you have given us an unshakable promise that just as you sought out Elijah when he was afraid, you seek us out. And you speak to us with words of hope that we so desperately need. And so God, in this coming week, whoever we are in whatever story that needs to play out, God, We just pray that you would help open our arms and our hearts to those in need around us. Lord, that we may sense your presence, sense your guidance, and trust the promise. Yes, you are speaking. May we have the courage to listen. In Jesus' name, amen.